0: To another episode of Hey Alexa today I have Jackie Neiman Jones who's an actress she starred in Manos Hands of Fate she's an author and an artist today we're gonna to talk all about how she grew up being a child star that was like and how she got to write her book and now how she's an artist hi Jackie how are you
1: I'm good how are you
0: good thank you so much for coming on today
1: oh you're welcome I I enjoy talking <laughs>
0: <laughs> um no I was like reading your bio and like just all the stuff you've been you've done and now what you're doing now it's so cool and I'm excited to talk to you about it
1: good okay yeah whatever you want to talk about
0: so let's start from the beginning your childhood um you were starred in the Manos hands of Fate and you were telling me that like your whole family was involved like how was that what was that like
1: yeah well this it was in 1966 in El Paso Texas before anybody was making film in that part of, uh, the country. And, um, it was, it was, uh, basically on a bet and it was, uh, put together with a group of community theater people in El Paso and, um, they, my dad starred in it. He played the master and I was the kid because they needed a child and he happened to have one. I was six years old and our dog uh, was a real sweetheart. But in the film, he was supposed to be the master, the cult leader's dog because he had the look. He was a Doberman. (laughs) And um, (laughs) but you can tell if you watch the movie that he just wants to, you know, wiggle and be loved. (laughs) And uh, my mom made the costumes. My dad also Ah, conveniently uh, was an artist, and he created all the sets and the props and uh, the yeah the paintings uh, a lot. Uh, Even Torgo's costume, his uh, sidekick's costume came from my dad's own closet, basically. Wow! His welding coveralls and overalls and his uh, desert scavenging hat. So now they're all. famous so this yeah. film happened and it was just super low budget and done really quickly and everybody knew it was not going to be very good but the guy who created it Hal warren his his um his intention his his goal was to at least bring the um, the beauty of the southwest yeah to you know, out in the world, uh, he wanted to be the guy that was known for bringing the film industry
0: That's to that funny.
1: area. You know, the, the temperate weather, the beautiful open skies, the, the people. And uh, so the film showed one time at the premiere and, and none of the cast or crew really knew what, what to expect right i mean all the important people in el paso were invited the alderman the mayor the police chief everybody and most of them showed up and it was so bad that um the cast and crew basically tried to just get out of there as soon as it was over And the local entertainment writers, who were big fans of my dad, for one, because he always played the lead characters in the community theater plays, and okay, and he had, you know, he had a lot of admirers, and they very mercifully didn't write much about it at all. Yeah, I mean, they just let it go away, and uh, you know, as a kid. It was, it was just such a great time because I was the only kid on set. Yeah. uh, I got to spend a lot of time there because my dad was my ride. And so (laughs) in any scene, I was there for the whole shoot. Very cool. Did uh, did mm -hmm. you,
0: um, did you have a lot of lines? Like how was that learning to talk or like being able to memorize all the lines?
1: Yeah, well, that was easy. I just had a few lines. And in uh, the first scenes, when I first opened my mouth, uh, they actually had the, we were in a convertible, and they actually had the script taped to the floor. Not that I could read very well, but it it made me feel important, you know. But yeah, there were very few lines. And uh, when I'd speak my lines, I remember, I was a shy kid and I kind of hesitantly say, was that okay? And, and Mr. Warren, how Warren would go, it's fine. Let's move on. We'll fix it in the lab. He'd always (laughs) fix everything was we'll fix it in the lab, you know? And and after a while we all, I mean, all the adults realized that, you know, wondering how the lab was going to fix all this stuff. Right. But, um, but the film was shot silent and all the dialogue was dubbed in and uh yeah and all the women's voices all nine women and me as a child were were dubbed by the same woman so but no nobody bothered to tell the little kid that my voice didn't matter because it was dubbed so i didn't find out till the premiere and when my mouth opened and i i heard this voice come out of my mouth on the screen and it you <laughs> i was mortified. well especially when the whole audience erupted in laughter you know <laughs> it was humiliating it
0: <laughs> like was it an adult so it's like an adult woman's voice coming out of a little kid yes, yes. Oh. how was the experience like working <laughs> with your dad and your mom being on set like how was that
1: well, they were both very creative people. And uh, my mother was a teacher and my dad was actually executive director of the South El Paso Boys Club at that time. That was his day job. And uh, and then he also did community theater. He did art shows. Uh, he worked in a lot of mediums. He welded, he sculpted, he um, painted, you know, just, anything he could think of he'd try and my mother was a very good seamstress she made and very practical so she made most of my clothes including the little Debbie dress (laughs) I mean that literally just came out of my closet you know I mean it wasn't special so at the end of the film spoiler alert when little Debbie gets to wear a bride's dress like the the big girls I was really thrilled with that. I I really loved that.
0: <laughs> and you're doing something, you're doing a web series, right? Right now.
1: Like, yes. The
0: adult version of Debbie.
1: Right. It's one of the universes. You know, for such a bad film, it's inspired a lot of really talented projects. Like uh, yeah. Mono, The Hands of Felt puppet theater Uh, it's Uh been on stage as a parody twice now it's got coloring books trading cards Nintendo video game style you know so many things but that's so um, cool and like you were a
0: part of the original so it must be really cool to get to see things or hear about it
1: oh yeah I've met so many amazing and talented people because of this Uh, mystery science theater crowd tends to be Um, thoughtful, intelligent, uh, humorous people, and uh, it's just great being a part of that, that world. And I've, yeah, I've had the opportunity to either be involved in a lot of these projects, or at least to get to know the people that are creating. them. And so in 2015, I got together with uh, Rachel Jackson, who created the puppet theater Manos Ahanza felt she's otherwise very talented and a couple of other filmmaking friends and we wrote and produced Manos Returns and that's available and uh, that story is me Debbie 50 years later and I have lived with the Manos cult all those years and so that's the, the story of now debbie is the master and she's in charge of the place
0: wow you know
1: what would what would a six-year-old kid become after 50 years of that kind of life and i'm not a very pleasant character in that film i'm not a nice person and then a few years go by and uh, Willow polson contacted me about doing a web series and we've already filmed the pilot. You can see the teaser trailer on YouTube. All and right. that's the Monos Chronicles. And that's a whole different universe. That's over 50 years later. And Debbie's universe is that Debbie has escaped the Valley Lodge when she was young. And she's been in hiding from the cult all these years.
0: So it's different than It's
1: a completely different universe, and in this one, Debbie is uh, wanting to do good in the world and fight against evil. I like and, it. And then I was just approached by someone who's uh, writing uh, a screenplay that he hopes to turn into a film, and it's a reimagining of the original story. He's just kind of embellishing because many people have said the story itself is interesting it's just yeah. how it was executed right but there's a lot of things about monos that um you know keep people really involved and attached to it there's there's just some it's more than just a bad movie which it certainly is A bad <laughs> <movie>.
0: <laughs> some of those end up doing so well like how yours is yeah. That other one called is the room
1: yeah there's the room there's birdemic I mean those so are sometimes it's those are my favorite
0: sometimes <laughs> it ends up doing better
1: <laughs> well yeah I mean that's the truth because after hearing the,
0: about it more
1: yeah after the premiere it just disappeared you know for 27 years And I grew up remembering it and holding on to those memories because I really didn't think I'd ever see it again.
0: Yeah.
1: And as I got older, I started searching for it pre internet, you know, making phone calls to film libraries and such. And I just never, I couldn't find it. And so I gave up. And then 27 years go by, 1993, and my dad, the master, calls me on the phone and says, You'll never believe what I just saw on television. It was crazy.
0: It's on TV? That's so cool.
1: It was on Comedy Central because Mystery Science Theater had found it and put it on. It's, yeah, it's pretty crazy how it came back into the world. And there's so many synchronicities about this film, so many really interesting things I've seen over the years that. Sometimes you have to wonder if there really is a mono, a god of primal darkness. <laughs> uh, who, uh, I mean, but I don't know. There's, it definitely has its own energy and its own life. It's very interesting and it's a great deal of fun.
0: Yeah. And like you got I, to be from the ground up.
1: Yeah. And I've got to meet some really amazing people because of it. I was, um, I was a guest at a convention a few years ago and Cassandra Peterson who is Alvira was also a guest and she had done monos on her show a few years before that and I I uh went over there and I I snuck in and I introduced myself before anybody could stop me <laughs> because she had a bodyguard I mean she had you know you could yeah and uh, I just snuck in there and I just rapid fire told her who I was and and she looked at me for a second and then her eyes got real big and she goes there's a long line of people lined up for her autograph and she just goes stop the line (laughs) and then she she's like okay she just started Asking me a bunch of questions about it. I mean and then Joel Hodgson, who was the the host of MST, um, he very generously wrote the the prologue to my book that I wrote about the behind the scenes. Here it is right here, growing up with monos. Very Hans- cool.
0: I was gonna ask you about that. What made you decide to write the book and like what's it about?
1: Well, I decided to write the book because um, because I had all these stories, I had all these memories, and also I realized that uh, my dad was still living. And I did some research, and I was able to find a few other people that had been part of the original or family, close family of some of the original, and. Um, i just saw this opportunity that might not be there later yeah so um and then through the magic of internet and social media i met another author on facebook and we became friends and and she's the one that helped me see it as a possibility because i'd never i written a book and so she she co-authored it. She, I wrote the stories and she helped me uh, arrange them and edit it. And uh, I have to say, it's four and a half stars on Amazon. So wow. I like to say it's a really good book about a really bad film. And it's 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 all the behind the scenes stuff. It's all those memories that I held on to my whole life, plus the yeah. research that I did and. And so it gives you a view into what the 1960s were like in the Southwest, for one thing, and uh, you know the cultural revolution, and uh, it was just really interesting times. And I'm just so glad that I read, I wrote it because now that it's it's preserved. I'm I'm losing some of those memories plus I'm getting older. I I don't remember the details like I did In fact, I went and reread my own book a few weeks ago just to make sure I was saying things correctly
0: (laughs) Yeah No, but that's that's amazing. Like now you get to have this forever
1: Yes Oh, here's another thing. I just brought along. This is funny is uh, I've been uh, because of this movie, because of *Monos*, Hands of Fate, I've been interviewed by uh, Upworthy and Crack.com and Entertainment Weekly and Playboy magazine.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, this is 2015, October. It's even on the cover. It's uh, the worst movie ever made. It <laughs> a, it's a seven page article. And it begins with my name. They interviewed me That's and, amazing. Uh, and my younger son was in high school at the time. And I live in a tiny town of a thousand people in Western Oregon. Uh, my sister was the teacher, one of the teachers at the high school. <laughs> my brother-in-law was the mayor and I was on the school board and running the arts council <laughs> at the time. So I knew everybody, you know. And And you're uh, in Playboy. And then my (laughs) son comes home from school the day they sent me a a copy of the published magazine. (laughs) He walks in the door. I go, guess what, honey? Your mom's in Playboy. Oh, my God. Can you
0: imagine a 15-year-old boy hearing this?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I had to. I had to right away go, no, no. It's just a story, no pictures. Because I thought he was going to pass out. He just like he went pale. <laughs> oh no! You could see he saw his whole life flash before his eyes. Oh, <laughs>
0: too bad you didn't have a video. Like, t- did you get a video of it?
1: No, no. <laughs>
0: that would have been funny.
1: It would have been. Be like on,
0: that could have been like on a America's Home Funniest Videos or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, it could have been for sure. Yeah, too bad I didn't set it up better.
0: Yeah okay but um so another thing you're doing is you're an artist and you've sold work and you're you teach it too correct
1: yes i've been uh all my life since my early 20s i've been an artist and all of my businesses started from just an idea i started with i woke up one morning and thought about painted t-shirts and i was working in the wine industry of northern california and hospitality so i knew everybody in the hospitality world world and i was uh, managing a tasting room and uh i knew how t-shirts sold so i created a couple designs and my friends at the other rooms ordered and they sold and i had a great business going for a few years painting t-shirts for the wineries and then uh a lady said oh, I love your t-shirt designs. Do you do walls? And faux finish was just becoming popular. So I went and I bought a book and I bought some paints and some poster board and made some samples. And next thing you know, I mean, that's how I raised my kids and bought my house as a single mom was doing faux finish and everything. Anytime somebody would say, Oh, I saw this in a magazine. Can you do this? I'd go home and figure it out.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, so I've done murals and my uh, marbling. That's one of my favorite things to do is to recreate marble. I've had people go, you didn't paint that. That's They're like touching it. I love that. And, oh, that's
0: um, so cool. Very
1: cool. So now I have my Etsy store and uh, I'm... Producing a lot more work now. I just haven't posted it, but um, What I'm doing now is I Like you said I live in this Oregon town, and it's old a lot of hundred Yeah and I over the years I see old doors like ready to go on the burn pile and I just would collect them old doors and windows and I started creating art I do like a like I'll cut a door into the panels and it'll already have a crackle finish huh? so I'll yeah. enhance that and then I'll do like a Venetian plaster on the center part so that it's framed and then I do my art on that on the the center part so uh, and then I teach art classes I've been doing the paint and sit parties for like fun eight years, but then COVID, you know? Aww. So now I'm doing, um, I'm starting online classes. In fact, this Sunday is my first one. And, and it, I it's, it's my uh, dress rehearsal is the way I'm looking at it. But starting next month in March, I'm doing a uh, Mystery Science Theater related online classes cool And uh, i've got some great help in promoting those and uh so that'll start the third week of the third saturday of march very cool i'll be ready with with those we'll do those once a month but you know i'm getting older i just i have told everybody that um no more climbing ladders and scaffolding no Uh, i think um, you're
0: good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think you put your dues in
1: <laughs> yeah and I'm working on uh, you know the, the film and I've been given another idea so I'm actually developing a documentary about uh, all the projects that have happened since Monos was rediscovered in 1993 how how this interesting odd little film has inspired so much talent
0: yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And, um, I want to play a little game with you. Okay. And I like to play with all my guests. So they're just quick, uh, rapid fire questions. Okay. The first one is what's your favorite drink?
1: My favorite drink. Oh, it's changing. Used to be Chardonnay. And, uh, I don't know. I got a sweet tooth now. So I'm going for these, uh, like creamy things you know things that are you know like white russian so those aren't so good for me so
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm a rose kind of girl so oh
1: are you okay
0: yeah i like my rose um what is uh your favorite tv show or movie
1: oh wow i just watched uh a short series that i just i'm amazed at um self-made about madam cj yes. C. walker i just i was amazed i can't believe how did i not know about this woman how is that possible the first million female millionaire yeah. and she was black it's incredible i mean it's just a beautiful story and really well told um and then uh tick tick boom Okay. I just watched that about the guy who created Create Rent. Rent. Yes. So, and I just love documentaries, but yeah, though <laughs> I'd say those are my two tops right now.
0: All right. Um, What is some advice you'd give to your younger self?
1: Advice. Um, to believe in myself more.
0: I like you that. know, because
1: because nobody wins 100% of the time. Yeah. But when I look back over my life, I start feeling emotional. It's like, um, I'm so glad that I jumped off the cliff so many times. Because you never know. Uh, a recent podcaster gave me my favorite new quote for this year. And it's, um, jump in over your head and then rise to the top i
0: like that that's a good one um describe yourself in five words
1: um creative thoughtful impulsive uh humorous and loving
0: i like that and the last one is what does success mean for you
1: hmm the reflection you get from family and friends to help you see who you are. I like that.
0: That's a good one. Um so this is where we're going to end, but before we end, I want you to like you have the floor to just say where people can find you, where they can find your stuff, whatever you want to say.
1: Okay, um yeah, it's my crazy expanded itself. I'm trying to get it all into like one little area. So Jackie's with the EY, J-A-C-K-E-Y-S, Manos. If you uh, Google that, you probably get a lot of uh, hits. But I would look at on YouTube at uh, the Manos Chronicles teaser trailer for sure. And... um and on Etsy, it's Jackie's Mono. Okay. And Jackie's Art on Facebook. Those are two good places to see my work. And also my book, Growing Up with Monos, The Hands of Fate.
0: All right. And that, that'll all be in the description below. This was another episode of Hey Alexa. Thank you so much, Jackie.
1: Thank you. It was fun. And
0: I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. back.